In reading through what's called the Old Testament, I don't know that there's truly two testaments, but what's been divided up as two testaments. If you're reading through books like Psalms, Numbers, Deuteronomy, or Judges, or Joshua, you will see reference to someone referred to as none. Psalms 119 seems to be a little bit different, requires more study, which I haven't done. But in looking at the other books, you will see that none is referenced regarding Joshua and O'Shea, or O'Shea, O-S-H-E-A. It was kind of interesting and a little bit of a surprise running into this because I don't remember seeing none or O'Shea in the Bible. This was also kind of interesting because if you'll remember a few podcasts back, I was talking about none. But I looked at it from the perspective of the variants of a virus. Because they had made a shift. Instead of calling the variants the name in which they were, of the places where they were found, they started using the Greek alphabet. Now the one that seems to have been making the most change, interestingly enough, would be Delta. But then there was an announcement that there was a newer version or variant called Mu, M-U. Now Mu is the 12th letter of the alphabet and it's also the name of a lost culture very similar to Atlantis. And like Atlantis, Mu was supposedly a paradise, great technology, but was lost under the sea. But in looking at Mu being the 12th, of course it would make sense to see what comes next as the 13th. And it's what's called New, N-U. It's also known as None. So when looking up new or none, it brought me to the Greek Ogdode and the Egyptian theological view of none. The Ogdode being the Greek-Egyptian version of creation. So I'm going to refer a little bit quickly to what I had seen first and then talk through things more from the view of creation from Genesis. But none in the Ogdode is the deified representation of water and that the universe came from the primordial waters of none. Many legends suggest that everything would slip back under the waters at the end of the world. Similarly, we see in the book of Daniel, their end will come with a flood. Jesus tells us the end will be as the days of Noah. The name is paralleled, the name none is paralleled with nen, N-E-N, meaning inactivity. So in researching this, you might come across a quote that says, I raised them up from out of the water, the watery, meaning N-U, or new, out of the inactivity of Nen. So Nen is, com- is also compared to the Coptic noun abyss or deep. So what we're seeing is a little bit different variation on creation. A view from more of celebrating the created versus the creator. And we can see this very well paralleled in Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 2. But, but Genesis, like the Bible does in a lot of the books, focuses on the creator, which is where our focus should be, not on the created. In Genesis 1, 1 through 2, it says, 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. What again becomes evident is that religions are focused on the things of men, and they worship the creation rather than the creator. So remember that none is the primordial waters that the rest of creation comes out from, but God created it. So now let's get back to Joshua and Oshea or Oshea. I don't know the proper way to pronounce that. But they're considered the sons of Nun. Versus Joshua, which is the proper translation of Yeshua, if you were to look at it more of a modern translation into English, basically turning the Y into a J sound. But I think it's just Yeshua. The Bible translate things, modern English, a lot of it shifts to Jesus, which... The more I look at it, doesn't make sense. So I'm in the habit of going back to Yeshua. But then there's Oshea, which is also referred to as the son of Nun. And Oshea, which comes from the verb Yasha, which is the same verb in which Yeshua comes from, and it means to save. Both instances appear to be referring to the same person, Yeshua. So why is he the only one referred to, as I can see so far, as the son of Nun? Because Yeshua is the only Son of God that was begotten, meaning born of man, through the waters. Or Mary. Hold on to that for just a second. So this is how he is the Son of God and also the Son of Man. Because he is the Son of God, but he was born through the waters via Mary to become Son of Man. I think this is why we see an example of this journey in baptism. So first we can see Yeshua answers a question in John chapter 3, 1 through 15. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. So I'm just going to pause for a second and look at the meaning of the name Nicodemus. So Nicodemus is Nico, which means Nike, which would be the Greek god of victory, and Demos, meaning common people, but I also have mentioned before, I did a word search, and I don't know if it's in all of the search engines, but I remember it was a Google search I did for DEMO, D-E-M-O, looking at so much was being discussed about democracy. And at that time, when you Googled it, you could see that DEMO came from demon. But now it seems to go more to common people. But you can see what's being set up there. I'll continue. I'll just start over. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless, it, unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. 
The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with the so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, You are the you are excuse me, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not understand these things? Truly, truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So we have to believe and follow the path of Yeshua because he was born of spirit and of flesh, the water. So when we look at the example of baptism, I think it's basically the journey of entering the water from the spirit. Jesus descended from heaven and entered the body, the physical, through the water. So when we come out of the water through baptism, it is dying to self or of the flesh. It's the exiting of the flesh. I don't see it as a spiritual battle, but it is a battle to overcome the desires of the flesh. The devil gives us the candy of the world, tries to tempt us and give us things that would be pleasing to the flesh. But the Ten Commandments tell us to overcome the desires of the flesh. If you look at all the Ten Commandments, those are the things that would be things that would appease the flesh, but by denying the flesh, you can keep the commandments of God. This is also where language gets really interesting. Words that are the same when spoken, but different when spelled. And it shows the duality and trickery of the scribes, Pharisees, and lawyers in how they spell words by arranging letters. Particularly with C, S-E-A, and S-E-E. So we need to pay attention to the E-A versus the E-E. If you look up the etymology of E-A, you will see in etymonline.com, for example, it means water. So I've concluded it is the water of the flesh. A man or woman's body is made up of approximately 90% water. E-A in its etymology also refers to aqua, as in Aquarius, water sign. Same or similar symbols as nun in the Greek-Egyptian Ogdode or theology. Similar also is Mary, as in maritime, the Marines, a marina. They, that means pertaining to the CSEA. So in Catholicism, which appears to be a renaming of the Greek or Egyptian theologies, female dev- devotees are called nuns, N U N. So what we see is N-U-N, Mary, M-A-R-I, and E-A appear to be synonymous. So to be born of water, we enter this realm as male and female, and after this age we will not marry again, 
there will not be marriage. The joining of the flesh, where two flesh become one, because we will also be born of the Spirit, represented in baptism, emerging from the water or out of the EA. Yeshua even tells us that there won't be marriage. We will be like the angels at the end of this merry age. So as Jesus entered the physical body, he passed through the waters. Mary. In the Catholic religion, particularly, and most Christian religions are just a, a slight variation from Catholicism, they worship Mother Mary. They worship the created, not the creator. And in a very simplistic way, you look at it, Joseph and Mary. Joseph means added to, Mary means waters. Jesus passed through Mary, the waters, entered the flesh realm. So if you look at EE as opposed to the EA, looking again at the example of CSEE and CSEA, we're going to get a little bit more clarity into what this whole thing means. EE is a word-forming element in legal English. English. With EA as C, it means sheet of water, like sea, lake, pool, or large quantity of anything, and even means dark area of the moon's surface. That's C, S-E-A. Now, but if we were to go back and look at none, N-U-N, but looking at it from either the Abarum Publications or Strong Concordance, we see something very similar to S-E-A-C. According to Abarum Publications, the etymology states to propagate or greatly increase. It states the meaning is posterity or fish and references also to Nineveh. None does. So if you look at C-S-E-A, it's a large body of water, but it's also a large quantity of anything, and it also references the dark area of the moon's surface. Like, oh, I won't go into that yet. Similar to none or Nineveh, to greatly increase none, but also has reference to fish. So according to Strong's Concordance, it says to propagate increase, which is likely where we get C. Sons, S-E-A-S-O-N-S. So when God created the heavens and the earth, on day four, he put the sun, the moon, and the stars for signs and sea suns to greatly increase on the earth. It seems to be very similar, and these sea suns are either connected or parallel to the men of Nineveh. But now if we look at C, S-E-E, there is something very dualistic that happens, but also ties with Nineveh as well. So first we see, first with C, S-E-E, is to look, behold, observe, perceive, understand, experience, visit, inspect. That's what most people understand C to mean, S-E-E. But if you go back a little further, you will see that it also means to follow, or follow with the eyes. If you look at eye, we see that it means physical organ of the eye or like a hole in your head. The eyes are the window to the soul. And then from the root to see. So eyes actually 
mean to see as well as C-S-E-E. -E. The verb form is to see. So secondly, in reference to C-S-E-E, -E, you can find that it means throne of a bishop, arch, archbishop, or pope. Also, throne of a monarch, a goddess, antichrist, etc. Like what we see with the Holy See of the Vatican in St. Peter's Basilisk or Basilica. So you can see the duality plays in and you can get very different meanings. And that's what we see happening. But in looking at the second meaning of C-S-E-E -E being a, the throne or a seat, I think that's what we are seeing when Yeshua mentions in Matthew 23, verses 2 through 4, the scribes and Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So practice and observe whatever they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. So you think of Leviticus, the law of the priests. It's hard to bear when Yeshua throughout the Old Testament deals with these, the Levitical type or the scribes and the Pharisees. They've, if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 31, the whole book of Leviticus, the law of the priests, is put alongside the Ark of the Covenant as a testimony or a witness against them. And they use that to trip up people to make it difficult. But the law that we need to be paying attention to is the first law, Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments. Now, in going back to Nineveh, we see another dualistic situation that fits in as one meaning pertains to a place of fish, but then also the seat of government. That's where we can see how this sea fits in, the holy sea, the seat of government, the seat of Moses' seat. It's where they shouldn't belong and it will be all corrected at some point in time. That same seat of government is the Holy See of the Vatican. It sits in the governmental seat and they wear fish hats. You can see how this all plays together. Now this does come, become very complex. <coughs> but for those with eyes to see, if you're willing to look, to see it, and to sit down and follow with your eyes Him, Yeshua, the Son of God, the Messiah, it will at least promote thought for you to hopefully dig into this more for yourself, to look up. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Just look at the meaning. Read deeper into the words that Yeshua tells us and the books that Yeshua references. Because there is definitely something to having eyes to see as the eyes are the window to the soul. And there is something different that I'm not going to go into now, but having ears to hear creates a whole additional level of study because they are the ears, the E-A 
RS to here EA as opposed to the I's to C SEE. Hopefully this creates an enthusiasm to look for yourself, to read deeper, to seek S-E-E-K so that you can find Godspeed.